0: Yay! What up, Suck Buddies? Here we go.
1: Here we go. I'm so freaking excited to see you. You too. Because the last time I saw you, I actually saw
0: you. I know, it was crazy.
1: It was so crazy. Oh my god. Suck Buddies, I feel so lucky because I've... I, I've it's ludicrous. I feel so, so lucky because I've had the pleasure of seeing Lillian three times in person over the last year, and I feel... <laughs> very fortunate even though that's insane oh my god
0: look out you're not gonna be able to get rid of me <laughs> yay good that is what i signed up for hey, i am lillian bustle <laughs> i am jen Bonton. you are listening and to a podcast called all the fucks
1: where we share with you our mortifying tales of heartbreak and woe and uh, conditioning and... <laughs> mm,
0: and butthole-clenching cringe moments and... Very good, yes. Yes, um, yes. IBS. Uh, yes, some IBS. Um, some IBS. A uh, fair amount of IBS. All of, your, all of the way that you got all of your triggers. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Origin stories—that's what we love. Origin, origin stories, stories for your shit, for your absolutely. for your PTSD origin mm. stories for absolutely. any medication you might be on right now for
1: your anxious or avoided attachment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Get that secure-ass
1: attachment out of here. For all of the
0: behavioral patterns that you've fallen into because of uh, ways you were trying to compensate for your parents' lack of affection. Ooh.
1: We're not here to diagnose you, but we could.
0: (laughs) we should do an advice column where it's like, I'm not a professional, but- if i was pretending to be one i would definitely say Take our
1: multiple choice quiz yeah.
0: <laughs> our multiple personality <laughs> choice quiz
1: that's it for sure what kind of fuck buddy are you oh that's
0: a good one uh narcissistic personality disorder with just oh, a get the fuck a away susan of generalized Ooh. anxiety <laughs> Amazing. I don't think That's narcissists have generalized anxiety, actually, now that I say that out loud. I think they're fine with everything a- all the astounding.
1: time. <laughs> I can't tell you, fellow Murderino Lillian and fellow Murderino fuck buddies, I can't tell you how alarming it is to me over and over whenever, like, Karen and Georgia are like, we cannot uh, we cannot um, emphasize this enough. So like psychopaths are very very good at what they do. Oh yeah. Very like you don't see a single seam or crease in there. And I and like despite that, despite that um ed, advice and despite that like mm, blanket statement when it comes to like, well, how could you have believed or why would you ever have done this? Like I have to believe that people are simply following a gut feeling that makes no
0: sense, logically. Oh, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, uh, to that point, I, um, I had a weird day full of coincidences the other day, but apparently my friend... Did you? My friend Brittany was on an episode, uh, The I think the most recent episode of Catfish. Um, this was the weirdest text <laughs> I ever got from you? Uh, yeah. Or was, maybe you made a post It was a somewhere. post. It was on Facebook. Uh, so I was on Twitter... And someone tagged her and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching um, Britney tear this girl, a new asshole, on uh, Catfish. And I was like, what? 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 Now, I had watched it, but I haven't seen Britney in so long that I guess I forgot what she looked like. Either that or I wasn't quite paying attention to the full episode, which I do like my nails while I'm watching Catfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's so impossible that I wasn't looking at the screen when she was on. But this girl used to live the one that um who was catfishing everybody used to live in Jersey City. And she, <laughs> she like uh-huh. there's so many threads. If you if you find this episode and then you Google this girl's name, there are threads on threads on threads of people that this girl, this like little redhead elf girl, fucked over. Um
1: What was her catfishing scheme? uh,
0: Anything from um, pretending to be guys to get women to, like, share intimate secrets with her. Um, She's out of the closet now, but apparently was very insecure about being gay before. So she said that that was why she did it. But I think that there's – I think that catfishing is its own own psychological disorder. I honestly do. I think that people who are compelled to do it over and over and over and over again – it becomes a compulsion. Like you hear a lot of people talk about, like they wanted to stop but they couldn't figure out how to do it, and instead of just coming, that's the weirdest shit I've ever. Heard. Instead of just coming clean, it makes more sense for them to just dig themselves deeper, and it is, right. It is it um it is hard to um, rationalize, um, but yeah. So yeah, Brittany. I watched this episode of Catfish with Brittany, and then I saw an ad for that weird Villa Roma resort that we just went to, and they made it look so fancy, <gasps> and it was not fancy. Um, oh my
1: god! But but can you please tell them about about
0: the night of entertainment at Villa Roma? Oh yeah, I haven't talked about this. Okay, so there was uh-uh. there's, and I don't I don't want to sound like I'm shit talking because I feel like these people were doing had a lot of passion behind what they were doing. But it really felt like I I walked into, like, some kind of Waiting for Guffman spinoff. The the guy and girl... Girl. The two grown-ass adults who are married (laughs) um, and run the resort. Um, The guy, I guess, is a vet uh, and has... I think they've both been professional entertainers in their in their life. The lady might have even been on Broadway or was like a recording artist or something. So they do mm-hmm. every Wednesday night a um, like a, an Americana music night with a salute to our troops at the end. So it started out with them just singing, um, I don't know, singing singing fun, cute music review songs, and then it suddenly took a hard turn into them being dressed as Sunny and Share. <laughs> And singing those songs, <laughs> um, there was. Oh wait, uh, he was doing. Um, oh no, can't think of singer's name. Uh, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, he did. He did a vocal impersonation of a black jazz singer. That oh no, wha- I. I was like, I did not have... Oh,
1: oh, it was Louis, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong, yeah.
0: I was like, I didn't... Oh, Statchmo, That's right. right.
1: That's right. It was. It was Statchmo. And... Um, and because Lillian sent me a couple of videos, and I was like, oh, my fucking Christ. Uh,
0: yeah, but it's, again, like, you know, these are white people who have been living in the hills, for, for lack of a better mm. term, for quite some time. Um, and I guess no one has been around to be like, knock, knock, knock. Maybe that's when you should retire. Um,
1: you know, Louis Prima does a fantastic cover of "When You're Smiling," and there's no
0: vocal blackface involved. A vocal blackface, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just super weird. And at the end, they made every they wanted everybody to stand up. Um, to sing the national anthem or maybe they started singing standing up during proud to be an american either way i don't i don't i don't believe in pledging allegiance to a flag that's something that i made up my mind about a long time ago i love this country for a million reasons but i don't like the the pledge of allegiance i think it's weird it
1: and i think weird. it's super
0: weird that that for all of the stuff that we talk about symbolism and like uh, i don't know whatever anyway I felt like they gave us the stink eye, and like we never got a hello from that couple (laughs) for the entire. And they were talking to everybody the rest of the weekend. It's fine. (gasps) Uh... It's fine. I understand. I don't disrespect. I have great respect for people who have fought in our wars, but I will respect you and not like a weird fabric symbol. Anyway, whatever. Come come at me, Twitter.
1: I didn't realize that that was how it. Uh, devolved. I was just like, "Oh, where did you end up, right here?" <laughs> I mean, I wasn't
0: looking to be friends with them, but I felt like the guy was um, deliberately avoiding me. Anyway, so there was that, and then there is a, a musician who I know and would um, recommend to anybody, whose name is Cornmo, C O R N M O, and he showed up in a in an ad for like a a financial group. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so weird. All during that episode of Catfish, it was. I know that was very hard to keep track of Fuck Buddies, but it was also hard so, for me to keep track of it, so.
1: <laughs> what did Brittany do? In, was Brittany the, 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 was Brittany uh, duped?
0: No, no. So um, I think what happened was Nev and Cammy had, Neve Nev and Cammie had found um, a thread on an old JC list, which is like. It's a Jersey City list. It's like hyper local before Next Door even was around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this thread went back to like 2016. Uh, they were able, I, Brittany was probably, she was probably using the same screen name in a number of different places. So they were able to find her from her posts about this catfish girl on this old 2016 JC List post.
1: Uh. Oh, so she was like a talking head. Yeah,
0: and they were like, pardon me, do you know this girl? And she was like, yes, she screwed over my old roommate and hurt her really, really badly. So she Ooh. came on for that part and she was like, if you think this story is bonkers, you need to talk to this girl, Samantha. So she gave her, because they all of the people who had been fucked over by this one catfish girl were all keeping in touch with each other. Um, So they were able to like point each other. So I think that they wound up actually talking to three or four people who this girl had screwed over in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. and then pretended like she didn't know who they were. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then, and then there was like a big group confrontation zoom at the end because they've been doing zoom because of COVID. It was exquisite. And I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't want, I would ideally anybody who's doing that kind of thing. I hope that they get better. Um, and that they get help because like I said I think it's a real psychological problem but also kind of fuck her because she really ruins some people or not ruins some people's lives but she she's strung she's strung people she went to so many um she went to she went to such extents that she would contact the people whose fake picture whose picture she was using she would she would they would be like oh are you really this guy I want proof she contacted one of them and told this guy who was a bmx biker that she was um doing a movie and wanted him to audition and had him say on video hey samantha it's so and so i can't wait to meet you in a couple of weeks that's nefarious she pretended to be a producer of a movie and got the person who she was faking to be to say that on camera so she could convince this girl that she was real Does that make sense? I mean, it doesn't make sense, but does it track? Okay. Found, she found another picture of that guy where he had, I guess, been um, slating and had to, like, hold up a piece of paper with his name on it. And Mm -hmm. then she, she photoshopped that to, like, have somebody else's handwriting, like, to have a message to somebody else on it. (laughs)
1: Like when people doctor the memes from Love Actually, where Andrew (laughs) Lincoln is on it? Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, Okay. So here's my question for you. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. I'm very curious as to what you think. So when you talk Mm -hmm. about catfishing as a psychological condition, which sounds right. Okay, so that's, it's possible in this climate because of so many things meant to connect strangers with
0: strangers. Sure.
1: Um, obviously it was happening in the very early, early days of the internet, but not in the way it is now. Like it used to be for straight up like... Exploitation and pedophiles, right? Right. So what I'm what I'm asking you is, whatever the condition is that causes catfishing, how do you think it presented in people before we were all just like randomly on the internet?
0: Oh, I mean, I'm sure that there were like pen pals and things like that. I'm I'm sure that this is like tale as old as time. I think it's just <laughs> easier to do it at a greater of volume um, and to get yourself entwined in somebody. More quickly, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, isn't Cyrano de Bergerac catfishing? Absolutely. Oh, bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so totally. yeah, I mean, and I, I understand things like that stemming from insecurity. I get it. I mean, um, that ninety-day fiance that I was watching that the one lady Rebecca she had been using so many filters. Um, When she first started talking to this guy that, like, she didn't, she looked like a cartoon. She looked like (laughs) she had been animated on top of her own face. Oh, yikes. You know, I get, I understand, I understand we're all trying to put our best whatever forward. But that's not a best anything. Trying to pretend to be another person is different. This is not a best anything. I would so
1: rather, like, have a picture of a can of soup as my avatar so, that at least what happens afterwards is not disappointing, unless you really wanted that. Soon.
0: <laughs> but, like, no, right, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's what I always say about, like, why would you lie about your age being younger? If I was gonna start lying about my age tomorrow, I would start telling people I was 50. Like, let's age it up eight years so that uh, people are like, whoa. Right. Look at that cougar. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my God. 30, 36. 36. I'm
1: sorry. 36. No.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I sent I sent Jenna a picture of someone who was claiming to be thirty-six. <laughs> Absolutely not. In, uh, in in no world is this person thirty-six. No world. But
1: there is no way I- if they were born in nineteen eighty-four. I want to know what the fuck happened to them.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Something re- like re- they were in they were <laughs> like Kimmy Schmidted. Yeah, <laughs> like uh-huh. in an so underground the bunker. <laughs> they were owning the bunker
1: (laughs) no they're for they're they're being forced to be forever 90 instead of forever 13
0: oh oh i just meant like locked away and traumatized until they looked like a like a dracul
1: (laughs) abso fucking jesus goddamn christ i was
0: just yeah like big nosferatu energy
1: (laughs) so big maybe that's why he was 36 (laughs)
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe he was aging backwards and that's harder on the system than we understand. (laughs) The original land bat. Oh, Oh my God. So, so, um, I mentioned to Jen earlier something that I have been wanting to talk about on here for a while has to do with, like, my whole family history and my family's history of hoarding. Um, And the reason why this is even came up for me was because I have a a friend who I've known since I was five who is currently cleaning out her mom's house and she's been she was like I would send you pictures but I'm worried that they'll be triggering and I was like no listen (laughs) been there done that like show me your pictures because I'm not going to judge either you or your mom Mm -hmm. and then you can be proud of like the progress that you've made right um and it, you know, she's digging her mom out of a very substantial pile.
1: Did you know that um, she was in a hoarded house when you were little?
0: So it wasn't as bad. And this is actually very common with hoarding disorder. Um, things can be like people generally have something going on in their in their brain where they're, they're not like super neat and clean. It doesn't usually go from like someone who is a complete, lives a minimalist Lifestyle doesn't, like, usually flip on a dime and become um, a a keeper of things or a person who doesn't clean. Uh, It is usually, you know, someone who has a more relaxed lifestyle when it comes to that kind of thing. But there is usually a precipitating event. I don't even want to say usually. There's often a precipitating event. And it often happens later in life, like late 30s or 40s, especially with women. Um, And uh, so her mom... Was probably about, I guess, like six or seven years younger than my mom. Mm-hmm. And I used to go over to her house and play all the time. And they were definitely, um, they were relaxed. They didn't, ha- I don't feel like the kids really had like crazy chores and things like that. But I never went over to their house and felt uncomfortable ever. Mm. Um, I mean, her mom smoked in the house. Her her dad used to smoke a whole bunch. Um, but that, I was used to that because my mom did too. Sure. So maybe, maybe there were like ashtrays with too many cigarette butts in them, but it wasn't, I never felt uncomfortable. And as things got, as things progressed and like my friend moved out of the house and then everybody moved out of the house and then her mom, her dad, then, then my friend's dad died. Mm. And after that, things got worse for her mom. And now she's living with a new guy. Um, I mean, they have been living together for a very long time. And he is powerless to stop her, which happens a lot in relationships mm-hmm. where one person is the primary hoarder. Um, but and then, and then the person gets caught up in it and either participates and or whether they're actively participating. Well, here, let's stop talking about this in like hypotheticals. Yeah. And I'll just yeah, tell you yeah. what my experience was. So when I. I was born in 79 my mom was born in 49. My sister was born in 68 and she's 11 years older than me. Um, I remember in our apartment on 96th street in, I think 96th street um, when I was very little, we moved when I was three. So I have memories of this apartment from before I was three years old. I remember sitting on the floor of this New York apartment and There being a pile of my toys just kind of sitting in the middle of the living room, but like piled, pushed up against the wall enough that my dad would have to reach over me and the pile of toys and put his hand on the wall to pick up the phone, which was mounted on the wall right there. Mm Now, if I was under three years old, I'm certainly not the person who made the choice to put this toy pile right under the phone. So I don't understand
1: (laughs) the logistics of that exact situation
0: with that. Um, and I remember as a kid, uh, like not, it wasn't until we moved to Virginia that I even remembered being inside other people's homes. Um, But I do remember, as a very small child, feeling very relieved anytime we would go to hotels because the hotels were clean. Mm. And I can't say that I specifically made that connection, but things were simple. Like, we would go to a hotel. The hotel smelled nice. um, The beds were made. And and there wasn't so much visual input. That must have been crazy overstimulating for me as a kid. Yeah, I bet. The first time I really realized that something was different about how we lived, though, was maybe when we started making friends in Virginia. I had people over for a birthday when I was maybe five. We had the kids from down the street inside the house. And I remember even at that point thinking like, oh, we have to move all of this stuff to set up this little party inside. Um, because at the Bellflowers house, everything was always neat and ready to go. Uh, and I was like, wow, we just had to, we had to do a whole lot of stuff to make this party happen. Mm. The following year, our house was already so packed with stuff that we had my party at <laughs> at my parents' stupid museum. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of it was to like, show off the museum sure, right to the other parents and but things. part of it was just like the easy yes it was yeah that was that wasn't messed up yet right <laughs> <No>. <laughs> every all of the random shit that was in the museum was in cases in the museum um I remember not being able to invite people over very sh- very young um and mom was just like no no just tell tell her the house is a mess we'll take them out. That's what we would do I would go over to a friend's house and then my mom would take us all out for a movie or something like that but I could never have people over for sleepovers um and uh I remember one year because we lived so we lived on three acres of land way back in the woods and my family were were from Manhattan and I mean that in the truest sense of the words so like, blue-blooded my mom had ridiculously spent- blue-blooded. <laughs> Well my mom my mom didn't grow up with a, a ton of privilege, but she did grow up in Manhattan. Um and there was definitely an essence of pretending to be fancy people with money mm. that she was caught up in. Um with like whether it was the the daughters of the American Revolution people or whatever, or the fact that she eventually like after she had my sister with somebody else, married my dad, and his family did have a ton of money. So I'm sure that there was a lot of pretending that they kind of had money. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 birthday parties. Oh, uh, we lived in three acres of land, and we had a tennis court and a swimming pool, which both, I think that maybe my family kept them up for maybe two years, and then they fell into disrepair. Um, varying shades of, of gross. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, there were, there were, if there was an ice storm or something, sometimes trees would fall across our windy, windy quarter of a mile long driveway. And I remember it was the first time that my friend Lisi had been in my house since that like fifth birthday party. So it was maybe like, it was maybe a couple years later and it was a big deal and I was excited to have her. But also, I knew that there was something about our house to be ashamed of. Right. So it was weird. Her dad, her dad came over with a chainsaw in the ice storm, like the next day to to cut up this big tree. And Lisi hung out inside with me and we played the Strawberry Shortcake Atari game.
1: <laughs> oh my god! So good.
0: Again, very specific, specific, specific mm-hmm. snapshot memories of this kind of thing. Um, and I also remember we were sitting on an antique couch that had it had actual down or it had feather stuffed cushions, and she and I were like, Oh, this is prickly, and we started picking all the feathers out of the girl. I still do like, that out of the cushion, <laughs> it's so satisfying. It's so oh satisfying. God. Oh, you get that pull. Oh, god, <laughs> so good! But then we got in trouble for doing that. Um, I uh, after the museum closed for us that i would say obviously like a lot of the museum pieces came back into the house how long did it take um i would have to ask my sister to find out exactly what the timeline was but i i would say less than 2 years the museum
1: was only Wait, open for the, for, two for years? the museum to close
0: yeah, yeah if that wow mm-hmm. okay mhm um they were I remember that the idea was to open it on Fourth of July weekend one year and my whole family stayed there, stayed overnight to try to get it ready and it just wasn't ready. And I remember people looking I I slept on a bench. Oh, oh god, that night. And I woke up to people looking in the big windows to see if the museum was open and I was like, "Oh, this is weird." <laughs>
1: <laughs> holy what
0: and i think it didn't open till a couple weeks after that so it had a bumpy start and then my mom thought that because we had been displaying a ceremonial masonic sword she thought that the local masonic temple had blacklisted them whether this is true or not, I don't know, uh-huh. um, but uh, the museum did not take off. Um, I remember sitting, uh, I don't know, this isn't about the museum, although <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently I remember enough about it. I, if you had asked me to tell you, like, I don't think I could have told you very much about it, but there's all kinds of stuff in there. Museum closed. They moved all the stuff from the museum back into the house. So, like an old Victrola, um, a stereopticon viewer with the little cards that would look three D. Uh, you know, a Viewmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, a stereopticon is a antique version of a Viewmaster.
1: Amazing, Master.
0: God. So you would have all of these little cards of like Covent Garden or whatever, and if you looked up to it, it would look like it was in three D. Um, uh, we didn't get the, we didn't get the second, the organ until my uncle died. So that wasn't there, but like, we definitely had weird piles of stuff. And then all of the cases that they had built for the museum went out onto the tennis court and just rotted. They just put them there. Why didn't they just throw them away? Like big lucite, beautiful, uh, lucite, lucite and white wood. Mm. Um, so yeah, hand, hand built. And they just suck him out there. Um, and right around this time was when I remember my dad saying, "Hey, listen, I don't want to worry you, but um, it's possible that somebody's going to want to take the house from us." Uh huh.
1: But don't worry, we're going to go castle and we're going to go to a castle in Ireland.
0: Yes. That's where the castle in Ireland <laughs> came mm-hmm. from. And that was right around the time when I was like, I don't think that my father is rooted in reality. <laughs> and I had to have been like six, Right. Such a crazy thought to have at that at that age. <laughs> yeah. I remember there just he was an ideas guy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there was a whole thing where my sister was a counselor at a camp. And the co-counselor that she had for this particular week at camp had been accused of, um, of molesting one of the campers. And she wasn't there. She was on break at a different part of the camp when this happened. Um, but my sister was then involved in a terrible, terrible lawsuit that was very scary for her and my mom.
1: Oh my God. Um,
0: My sister was not involved in any of it anyway. As a matter of fact, she asked the the camp director not to assign her with this guy because she was scared of him. He was freaky. Nobody did a background check on this guy. He was a real piece of crap. Uh, And so she – my mom – my dad was supposed to go back to New York for some reason, I think, to take care of his brother. And my mom said, please stay – you know, my sister, my daughter's going through this, and it's very scary. Like, I need you here. And then my dad was like, "Sorry," and went back to New York. And that is when things started getting really bad as far as collecting things and not throwing things away from my mom. Talk
1: about a fucking precipitating incident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Holy shit!
0: So then, um, there were piles that I weren't allowed. I wasn't supposed to touch because there were important things from either my family's auction buying or things that were actually in the museum. Um, But they were, would be underneath like a pile of macaroni art that I had done in Girl Scouts. And I was trying to go through that and then I would accidentally knock the pile over and then I would get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So very early on I was conditioned to not fuck with my mom's stuff even though my mom's stuff suddenly became the entire house. I did not feel like I had any sort of, I was not empowered to either take care of my own stuff or taught how to clean up after myself because anything that we were doing was like a workaround.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Because you were never allowed to just clear off a table. Because what if you lost the the important bills that she had in, in her own special order file which is yeah. a file um and then then things in the house started breaking and we couldn't fix them so like the dishwasher i don't remember if the dishwasher broke or the fridge broke first probably the dishwasher so then we started washing dishes by hand and then we just eventually started using disposable plates um, after the fridge broke, we left the fridge where it was and just put another fridge in a different part of the house. <laughs> mm. uh, the built-in microwave broke, so we just got another microwave and put it somewhere else. I mean, in the kitchen, but still. Um, and, and this just kept happening. Just kept happening. So we had um, duplicates of things. The washer and dryer broke. Uh, so then we started having to go to a laundromat. Um, and, and then finally, when I was in high school, the, the pipes broke and my mom didn't feel like she could have anybody, even if she could have afforded it, she was too embarrassed about how the house looked to have anybody try to come fix it. Both. She couldn't have afforded it and she was embarrassed. So that was when we started hauling gallons of water from the church after Girl Scouts so that we could wash our hair and flush the toilet.
1: The water never went until you were in high school?
0: Yes, we had running water off of a well until I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So there are levels of hoarding slash squalor. And this is something that I have. um, I also should mention that hoarding disorder doesn't have a whole lot of research done about it because people are so filled with shame about this that people don't try to get help for it and even when they do there's not generally a whole lot that people a a a psych professional can help with Mm -hmm. um it you can generally improve tiny little behavioral moments for somebody but if you if you look up anything about people who have had this in their lives even if you clean out an entire house usually people will fill it back up again right um so a lot of people sometimes sometimes it can be a snowball effect where like you have one room like a ju- like a junk drawer right mm. a junk drawer turns into a junk room mm. and it's the room that you just don't let anybody in mhm um Sometimes it is uh, it depends on like whether or not you would let the general public see a part of your house as to how bad like how um intense the problem is so some mm-hmm. with some people it never goes beyond having a messy garage right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some people start with a messy garage and then it creeps into the house and just takes over oh god um the 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 major levels are the ones where there's piles. So you have to scoot, there's aisles in the house that you have to scoot around, which is definitely how things were with my mom. Um, whether or not there's any place to sit or for a visitor to sit, like sometimes hoarders will put stuff all over the couch and just have like one little spot for them to sit in. Um, my mom hoarded up her, um, her van. And when I would go, when I would go visit her, she wouldn't have even cleaned off this, the passenger seat. Um, it took a very long time for me to have any kind of compassion about this because, because of my mom's refusal to get any sort of mental health, mental health help. Uh, I was, you know, severely traumatized as a kid and it didn't, it, I didn't even recognize that trauma until well into my twenties. Um, I also experienced with my mom and her, her anxiety and her, her panic about being alone in the woods, trying to raise kids, Mm. um, something which is called emotional incest. Um, and what that is, is not a sexual abuse, but a parent putting the role of an adult partner onto the child. Um, and that was also a very uncomfortable <laughs> realization for me too but I've mentioned I think here before that that's one of the reasons why I never wanted to have kids was because I already spent I spent so much time taking care of my mom like I'm just gonna take care of myself and maybe right. a cat for the rest of my being
1: life. being an equal to her being mm-hmm. her confidant her companion yeah. her co-response like the responsibility was the same on your head as it was on hers yes
0: by 7th grade, I was um I was completely aware of the financial trouble that we were in. Um she would talk shit about my dad all the time, which I mean, I think she had the right to, but but she should have made a friend and talked shit about my dad to that person and not to me. <laughs> right. Um and uh 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 it was just another layer. It was another pile on top of a pile. <laughs> but, in my, but in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting for everything to fall over. Um, my mom was also a compulsive shopper. She really loved the dollar store.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: And, yeah. And that, was, that became, when we didn't have any money for Christmas presents, it became like, Fifty dollars worth of random shit from the dollar store instead of like the one thing I needed. Or or um like I needed a graphing calculator one year and my mom freaked out about having to buy that. But then like, you know, she'd turn around and buy a bunch of weird collectible glasses from Burger King. Mm-hmm. She was always looking for the investment that was going to, like, Antiques Roadshow us into oh, a comfortable God. lifestyle. That's like gambling. It was. It was. It ab- Yes. Absolutely. I told you about my mom's obsession with the claw machines, right? Yeah. 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 She definitely had... If we had lived close to a casino when I was younger, I'm sure that she would have... We would have been homeless. <laughs> Does Virginia she Beach believe-
1: have a casino? Am I misremembering?
0: They might now. There definitely weren't any around us growing up. Thank God for small favors. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but she she liked games. Um, she liked, you know, she would call in she liked winning things. She would call into the radio station to win tickets to things. Um and I think overall my mom had a very um uh, what's it called? Extrinsic locus of control. She felt like the world and her life happened to her. Mm-hmm. Intrinsic means you feel like you're in control of your actions, you're in control of your future, and she never felt that. Everything was someone else's fault. She had had. I mean, she, my mom had a fucked up life. She For definitely sure. had a fucked up life. We found out later that her dad had abused her. My grandma, my grandma was a hoarder. Um, her apartment by the time I tried to move into it when I uh, graduated college was a mess Um, but like there's no way that you can improve on something if you can't admit that something is your fault or even that something is bad yeah right so not only was it a huge secret that all of this was happening but there was never – if you were ever like, Mom, can we take some time to, like, go through stuff in my bedroom mm-hmm. and throw it out? Oh, you don't like your toys now? Oh,
1: no. Oh, yeah. you don't – I
0: bought you those things. Those aren't yours. They're mine. Ike-Volt. You don't get to get rid of anything. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that makes my skin mm-hmm. crawl. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, and she would turn on a dime. Like, we would be having a fine, nice, fun day – and then, like, I would knock something over, or I would be like, I can't find these pants. And then suddenly I don't take care of my clothes, and um, she spends all her money on me, and aren't I selfish? And, like, and then it would just be her screaming for two hours until she lost her voice.
1: jeez. Oh, Did that get worse and- as, the, as the situation in the house got worse?
0: Mm-hmm. It got better for a little while when she was working at Colonial Colonial Williamsburg. She finally had, like, something to be proud of, and Mm -hmm. she had other people to talk to, and she made a couple of friends through that, but it was, you know, she had such a hard time opening up and and being vulnerable with people and being real, and it was heartbreaking to watch, because occasionally you could see that people wanted to be friends with her, And then she would like go on a weird snotty rant about something, and you could see literally everyone in the room like, like the Homer, oh, Homer Simpson backing into into the bush.
1: Oh god! Oh god! (laughs) Yeah. Oh jeez.
0: I mean, she had great stories, but you telling great stories does not a friendship make,
1: right? Right. You gotta protect your energy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it was hard. Do you do you have any questions? Since we've mm, do I have
1: any questions? Okay, so, mm, the, I, I'm just gonna take a little spin. What as you were learning because, like the fact, <laughs> my mom says this to me often, and I'm gonna say it to you right now. It's a miracle you mm. are who you are. Doy. Thanks. (laughs) I know you know it. Um, So I would love to know the early moments, by which I mean any time before college, where you found little ways to work with and subvert and like build a better mousetrap, as it were, to cope and and how you did it and what it meant to you.
0: Oh, um, one of the specific things that I can remember, and this, there were definitely earlier ones, but when I was in high school, as soon as I had friends who could take me places, well, even before then, um, so in middle school, my friend Leslie got me involved in the local church again, in the church choir, and like, I, I would get her family to come pick me up for church, and that would get me out of the house for a big chunk of time, then my mom started feeling weird about the fact that like I was going to church without her, so she started going to church, which was both good and bad because I didn't get my mm-hmm. time away from her, <laughs> but she was she was interacting right. with people again. Um. Uh. uh not, re- not relying on her to do social things, made me realize that I could build my own family outside of Sheesh. the house. Um. It, 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 and that was a really, really big workaround. Unfortunately, it then would backfire because then she would be like, oh, you like their parents better than you like oh, me. Look,
1: mom, <laughs> kids love stability. Kids are into structure. Uh, yeah. Like, of course that's what you yeah. want. Of course that's what you crave. Oh, God.
0: Right. Right. Um, And, you know, she... She was never a good cook and then she kind of just stopped cooking and we were eating like those microwave Michelinas meals mm. all the time. I'm sure that there were entire weeks that I didn't have actual protein except for cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never got gout or That's scurvy. That's because you were so drinking all that thing. Veg-All juice. <laughs> it was, yeah, the Veg-All juice and then the citric acid from all of like the powdered iced tea mix. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> um subvert what other kind of subverting i never really came up with a system of organization for my own stuff like uh i didn't have any little oasis or like area of solace um as a matter of fact like sometimes mom would just put stuff in my room
1: i was just gonna ask you if you had a secret safe feeling place in the house even
0: if it was just like a couple square feet of peace, it was just my bed. bed it was just my bed it was just my bed after my sister left. she filled that room up um and then there was there was a point where like, yeah, my bed was like my life raft it was like the the door in Titanic <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um. And I'm trying to think if there, I, I talked to a number of my friend's parents after my mom passed away and they all knew something was up, but they seemed very shocked at how bad things were. Oh yeah. I genuinely don't think that any of the adults knew or if they did, they, it was so Southern. It's such a Southern thing to be like, Oh, that's not our, our dirty laundry. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, I want to know teachers who had to have known that I smelled like a basement all the time. Mm. Like, teachers who knew that I had potential, but I I could never turn in an assignment on time.
1: Right, right, right. And, oh, man, like, yeah, the the terrible, the terrible damned if you do, damned if you don't of, like, child protective services – Right. Where I feel confident that you would have been removed from your home, which would have been good in Mm -hmm. its own way and probably terrible in something close to equal
0: manner. Yeah. Yeah. uh, My mom would say that, too. She would be like, if you tell anybody they're going to take you away and the foster system is worse than this. So if you think this is bad. wait. That's so awful.
1: My father used to say that to me. And I was like, Uh, "That is fucked up. If you're taking comfort in you being better than a bunch of psychopaths just trying to make money off the state."
0: Yeah, that's not marginally better. At least you're being (laughs) at least you're being abused by someone. You (laughs) right, right.
1: At least this is about money. Come on, um.
0: Oh, I mean, if I had gone into the foster system, at least the abuse and neglect would have been impersonal, yeah,
1: for sure, it's just transactional, <laughs> nothing to take personally at all.
0: <laughs> I just saw a tweet that was talking about my age range and how like I'm caught between the Gen X mm, and the millennials, mm-hmm. and it was like it's very difficult to be right in between a generation where nothing is trauma and a generation where everything is trauma, oh, yes. <laughs>
1: Oh yes. I think they're calling anyone from 1979 to 1985 like elderly millennials or yeah, I don't. You you're an Xer.
0: <sighs> in my eyes. I'm yeah, I can I consider myself Gen X too, but I have enough of that um whatever was happening at the beginning of the 80s mm. and into the Reagan era that like it's it is different somehow. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But yeah, but yeah, no, like we were all fending for ourselves. I, I was friends. So one of the things that also forged a lot of my tight friendships was, was, and you and I have talked about this before, you can see in somebody's eyes when somebody's gone through some shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You know, uh, and the kids with PTSD all found each other. Right. Not all, I'm sure. And but we all like... ended
1: up in the theater together and doing Rocky <laughs> together. <laughs> and burlesque and drag like hello
0: (laughs) so um when i oh oh and another thing so my friend my friend who's cleaning out her mom's house right now one of the issues is that they live they have a really long driveway too um her mom does and her her mom and her partner stopped feeling well enough to drag the big garbage cans with the wheels all the way down. And I was like, you know what? There have to be services. There have to be services because your parents can't be the only ones who can't do that. Right. but that was that was one of the first things that had trash piling up at our place, too, mm. was that we had to drag the crash cans down, and it had to be on a certain day, right. between this time and this right. time, and it, and it was dark, so if we didn't do it during the day, it was kind of scary to do it at night, and it became, like, my job to do it, because I had to go walk down to catch the bus anyway, and sometimes I would be running late, and, like, whatever. That shouldn't have been my job at, like, 14 no. to drag... Like to drag a rolling trash can filled to the brim with garbage over a quarter of a mile of roots and potholes, Jesus. like like sinkholes, yeah. basically mm-hmm. <laughs> in the woods. Um, but then then the the county stopped providing garbage collection. Then you had to pay for it. So then we just started going to the dump, but we didn't go very often. And then my mom got obsessed with recycling. Uh oh. And in Virginia, <laughs> Virginia was one of the places where you could you could get it. Oh uh, yeah, V A C T D E M E. What? Vactamid? It's
1: <laughs> it's still on the cans, like where you oh, get yes. coins back, and it's only in a handful of states.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we would. We actually had a can crusher. And we would oh, yeah. maybe once a month take all of our crushed cans somewhere and get money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that wasn't everything else.
1: Right. Right.
0: Uh, Not to
1: mention what a great excuse to fill the house with more cans so you can then crush them and then get your money back. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah. For To be there for a month and likely probably two months because the one day will be missed. Right. So as an outsider to this situation, I'll just mildly pop in that I didn't even know. I didn't even, I had never even really heard of hoarding as exactly what it is. Um, and and not just as sort of like a, a, a hyperbolic term. Right. Right? Mm-hmm um until the awful tv show that is probably not anything that anyone should watch because it's exploitative and um and tlc trash yeah. and deeply shaming and like makes these poor folks who are already in so far over their heads just feel even just feel and portray them even more brokenly cuz it's reality tv trash but mm-hmm. um i didn't know what hoarding was until only 10 years ago. Yeah. And so... I'm sure most people I think, didn't. And yet, several people in my life whom I love dearly come from hoarding families and hoarded houses. Mm-hmm. And what I had heard all those years, and what I think would deter your friends or your friends' parents or teachers or whatever... Is the really innocuous saying, oh, the house is just a mess. Right. Because people all along the spectrum of tidiness have a room that is an absolute mess. Like, my... um or have times where something is such a mess sure. that there is just a total abject shame. And so the way that that statement is used can immediately, it's like flashing a PBA card. It's like, oh, yeah, the house is a mess. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Like, my dining room has been pandemic central, so it's no longer a dining room it's where all of the toilet paper and bounty (laughs) and uh, like extra snacks and batteries have gone because it's now and it's also where all the mail that I don't want to deal with goes oh yeah so (laughs) so like yeah the house no don't go in the dining room it's a mess Mm -hmm. so if all you if all you're ever if all you ever know to say, because I'm, I would love to know when you became acquainted with hoarding as a disorder and like, oh my God, this is a thing. This isn't just my family's like burden. Sure. You know, uh, I think that could have, that could have deterred other people's. Sure. Concern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time at, uh, I think that we always just referred to my mom as a pack rat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you she used to have like plaques up that said, she who dies with the most toys wins and things like that, which was oh, always like, right? Oh, oh, my. oh. um, mm-hmm. this does not bode well. <laughs> We are now glorifying this problem mm-hmm. um so i was friends with this girl stephanie in middle school and uh her home was very clean um i remember uh i i went from like spending the night at her house to somehow spending the weekend at her house and i i called my mom and i was like i'm just going to spend another day with her but what they were doing was uh and i didn't realize we were going to a nursing home to pick up her grandmother and take her to a cousin's house and spend the day there with the cousins and so that they could mm-hmm. visit Granny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Granny uh, was... She was in the deep throes of dementia. She had no idea where mm. she was. And she was incontinent. And we were sitting in the backseat with her grandmother, who was actively wetting herself on the way to oh, God. this other thing. And I was like, you know when you're... You're a kid, and you're suddenly in a situation, and you're like, oh, 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 no. Oh, I think oh, the only yeah. thing I can do is ride this out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, where is the eject button? Uh, I can't imagine a world in which Stephanie's mom thought it was a great idea to take me over to this house, especially when she was wrangling this very disabled grandmother. Mm. Um. But it was the first time I had ever walked into a house which was – the floor was covered with crap like mine was. And I was, like, simultaneously horrified but also, like, oh, my God, we're not the only ones.
1: Right. Sure.
0: The only other time before that, um, I had a friend – I had a friend whose mom – ran like a preschool out of her house. And that girl's room was always messy, but it was super fun because it was filled with, um, with my little ponies. (laughs) Yes. But it was sometimes like we couldn't find them because they were under some of her crap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, that was just her room. That was just my friend's room. It wasn't the whole house was like that. Cause her mom didn't have, you know, enough bandwidth to clean her crappy room. She was mm-hmm. chasing eight other kids she was watching. Uh So I played with Stephanie and her cousins, and uh, then we had to take the grandmother back. And it was very... Stephanie was thrilled about being in this weird, messy house. And I think she thought I would be excited about it, too. And... Having brought people to my mom's house after she passed away to help us clean it, there are some people who get super fucking excited about it, where they're like, what is this treasure? There's going to be treasure everywhere. Or like Marie Kondo. You've seen her like jump and clap her little hands, and she's like, I love mess. Um, (laughs) I don't know how Marie Kondo would feel about a hoarded house, though. Well, also Marie Kondo does that. Her methods don't work on people with hoarding disorder because everything is an emotional attachment. Right. Um, So if you're like, well, what is, is this special to you? Like, what does it bring to your life? Almost every single thing my mom brought into the house, she could have given you a whole monologue on, even if it was something little, even if it was like a pack of erasers that she bought me for, for Christmas that I was then too ungrateful to use. (laughs) Which I'm sure you heard about. (laughs) They were grape scented. Um. I didn't like them.
1: Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. so Stephanie was the first time I realized that other people had this problem. I don't think it was until the Hoarders show came out that I realized that there was a larger, um, uh, awareness. I really did think it was just my mom and my grandma and like a couple of other people in our family. And then, and then you would hear about that historical, the brothers, I can't remember their name, but there were, there was a historical case of brothers in New York city. And I'm going to say the thirties, maybe it was the twenties who died in their home and...
1: Oh, they talk about it in a movie or a play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, maybe they talk about it on Frasier. Uh, all of these things are possible. <laughs> okay. Um, But they were recluse brothers who hoarded themselves into a New York apartment and a pile killed them, or one of them. Mm-hmm, or, like, one, mm-hmm. one was killed and the other one was stuck or something like that. And then it took, right. like, there's pictures online of... Dumpsters and dumpsters and dumpsters full of these poor men's stuff. Um, But apparently those guys were mean, so nobody had any problems (laughs) Ah. being mean about their stuff. That sounds right. Uh, uh, Those were the only, yeah, as far as it being a larger community, it wasn't until much later that I found this group called Children of Hoarders, which at the time was a Yahoo list. I feel like we may have gone into this a little bit in the past. A little bit um and talking to other people who grew up like this was was so eye opening and so normalizing and so helpful and also awful like as much as we mm. as as hard as it was for us to clean out my mom's house after she passed away if you've seen hoarders the TV show you know how hard it is to clean in front of the person whose stuff it is mm. because everything they feel it physically And it's like you're attacking them and trying to get rid of parts of them. And I relate to this. I remember um, when I was very young, they had those talking cabbage patch dolls. Do you remember that? And I knew Mm. that my talking cabbage patch doll was not alive. I knew that she was a robot doll. But also, when she broke for good, I felt like someone had died. And so I understand having an emotional attachment to something that's not real. And, and other things in my life, things that have broken, things yeah. things that were sentimental. Special things. Right. Special things. Um, I still have belongings of my mom's that I feel like if I got rid of, it would be a betrayal to her. They're little. It's just one box. And some photos. Um, everything else. Everything else. I just I just crossed my fingers. <laughs> this is just a nice thing to insert. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, when my father died, my mom gave me some of his things. Um, a, a lot of them she still lives with. Some didn't mean anything big to her, so they went away. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was also like, here, take whatever you want. And so I ended up with a whole bunch of mixed items and... My father got into a tiny little MP3 player called. It wasn't even a Zune; it was a Zen. (laughs) I know it's this little off-brand. That sounds like something my
0: mom would have gotten. Yeah.
1: Yes. And he got it, but apparently he got three of them. He probably thought, like, "Oh my God, how neat! You could put the entire catalog of everything onto this little thing. Let me get three, and I'll use them all, or I'll give them away, whatever." So I received three little MP3 players. And I'm like, oh, which one? And one of them was full of fift- a- 1,800 songs? Maybe 8. Wow. 1,800. 1,800? 1,500? Sure. Something like that. So many songs. And that I found that when he was first ill and maybe had passed away, Mm-hmm. And I would listen to it here and there. And then I thought I put it in a drawer in my office, which is fairly well organized. And when I went back to the drawer to like charge it up sometime last year, because I was, oh, I was reorganizing my office. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my God, dad's MP3 player. Oh, it would be so nice to like listen to his music. I charged it up, turned it on, there's nothing on it. And I'm like, oh no, it got so uncharged that it's just oh, dead. Shit. And then I was like, oh, here's another one. Does this have any songs on it? Nothing. And I'm like, oh fuck. So I gave them to my brother-in-law who thought that he might be able to like, he's a techie, maybe able to like recover it. And my brother-in-law got them before... Um, Before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So he's had them for forever. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think that anything could be done. And then, and then, I was filling up the air in my tires like two weeks ago. Okay. And I opened up the glove box to try and find the little pressure monitor. Uh-huh. And I'm rooting through there and like, I see a bit of a banged up mp3 player oh and i'm like god. oh my god and i'm like remind me this is my dad's this is definitely my dad's <laughs> yeah. it's here in the car it's my father's and i charged it up and of course all of the songs are on there oh, I'm, I'm out so of my glad. mind with joy.
0: oh my god i'm so glad
1: so now i can listen to my dad's music whenever i want
0: oh i love that
1: yeah oh yeah. that's so sweet Yeah. Oh my God. Never. Let me tell you, I don't usually have to fill my tires with air, um, which is partially because I'm terrible at adulting, but also because I have a tire pressure sensor that just kind of always goes off. Like the light is just kind of wonky. Like a turkey tire. So every time, (laughs) yeah. So yes. So every time I go to get the light looked at, they're like, eh, ignore it. And I'm like, all right but then a friend was like no your tires are actually quite low and i was like oh (laughs) all right let me
0: take care of that Mm -hmm. so that happened oh my gosh i'm so glad what a happy accident
1: oh my god the happiest accident and it's so great there's so much neil diamond on there (laughs) love it so much neil diamond i love it i love Uh, it it's great So that just, you reminded me of like the things that would break your heart if you lost them. And I was crestfallen that I had maybe let this thing get so uncharged that like its computer just went
0: boop and and ceased to exist. No, I understand that because uh, I had one last voicemail from my dad that he left me the night before he passed away. And I did Fuck. not know that if you just let, and this was, you know, like 2005, so it was in a system somewhere. I didn't know that at some point it would be like, these messages are old. Whomp! Uh, so if I had thought about it, yeah. I would have tried to make a recording of it.
1: Uh, I didn't know that my phone would end up doing that with stuff from my dad still being alive too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he would, uh, he would leave me mm, some adult voicemails. When he was in the hospital um, that were uh, sad, but also a little entertaining. Sure. Because they were pretty adult, and he would want me to Google things for him. <laughs> so <laughs> um, they were pretty good. But, um, yeah, mm. I thought that just leaving them there in the mailbox would keep them around. But, of course, not, mm-hmm. uh, not yeah. six years later.
0: Right. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it was hard it was hard to tell like I have been able to to find things to cherish with on my own merit without uh, getting rid of things whether it was throwing them out or selling them after she passed away was excruciating because I I had confronted her feelings with those things so many times Whether it was something big that she really loved or the ceremonial Masonic sword that she felt had ruined our lives, like still something that she couldn't get rid of because she thought it was important. Um, Even down to, uh, there was a little white stone that she had found, like a rock, literally a rock, not even a stone, like something that you would find in the gravel. She picked it up and she thought she saw a bunny. She thought it looked like a bunny had been sculpted into the side of the rock and she liked it, and she showed it to me. And I didn't see it, and I was young, and I drew a bunny face on it with red crayon. And I was like, now I see the bunny. And she lost her mind. Like, she cried about it. Oh, Jesus So, I, it was, <sighs> everything was big. Everything was so big. And I don't, I, I have enough of that. I have enough of that to understand what it's like a little bit, but I don't. How painful must it have been for her to go through her whole life where everything was like that? To feel yeah. like you're being stabbed anytime somebody suggests that you do, like, a home improvement project. To feel like you're being taken for granted anytime somebody says, maybe you don't have to get me 100 things from the dollar store for Christmas. Like,
1: Talk about a motherfucking external locus of power to feel like your life is so controlled by things. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, it that was. That sounds dreadful. I am hard pressed to think of another example. Except for maybe. Maybe the way alcoholism affects your body to the point where. Addictions, any sort of chemical addictions, where you can look at someone and go, "Oh, something's not good," right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To ha- to think of another another mental illness that manifests itself in such a physical way,
1: mm. like
0: like the um, the proof of your pain.
1: Yeah, Just sure self-harming like pica.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But none of those things can possibly take up as much actual real estate.
1: Right, right. And and so heartbreakingly um self a self perpetuating doom, right? Yes. Especially because I would imagine such a condition really goes hand in hand with like economic Downturn, and so it
0: can, but it doesn't have to. Doesn't have to. It can, but it doesn't have to. Um, uh, there is a version of hoarding where people are addicted to shopping, so their house is actually clean. It's just full of QVC boxes, right?
1: Mm, yes, um, that's they're- so creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a validation um there are pe- there are people who are over collectors where um things are still like displayed in a wonderful way that's lovely okay so like um luna park ricky right yes there's a mm-hmm. place in jersey where this eccentric guy has this am- amazing house full of weird stuff if that person if if Ricky had not had a home that big and he tried to put all that stuff into like my size apartment it and would be And it's only be... cuz he kept building house right. out of like fake cement right <laughs> right but if he if he didn't if he didn't have enough room for all that stuff even no matter how well it was displayed it would become um you know it would become ba- bad for your health
1: whether yeah. it was mental yeah.
0: or actual physical um When it starts to infringe upon, like, normal daily functioning, that's Mm. when it's a problem. Um, Otherwise, people are just eccentric collectors.
1: Right, right. Um, There is a new show, and this will be my recommendation, by the way. There's a new show on HBO called Hacks. Mm. HBO Max. And it Mm. stars Gene Smart, which... um, Gosh, how does everyone best know Jean Smart? Everybody knows Jean Smart is the bottom line. But she is, she's a broad. She's such a broad. And she. Nice. So she voices like the depression cat in um, in <laughs> Big Mouth. She was one of Fraser's oh. long-term girlfriends on uh-huh. Frasier and is so fucking. She actually has quite a bit in common with Kim Cattrall. Uh, The two of them, you could almost confuse for each other. Jean is a little bit brassier and more of a, more of a, like, tell it like it is broad. Sure. But they are pretty similar. And she has always been fucking phenomenal. Um, But this show stars her. It's her vehicle. And um and it's about this woman who's basically like the Don Rickles of Vegas, and she's had this. She's Vegas's top performing comedian. She oh my god, is, I can't wait to see this. Oh, she's fucking brilliant, and um, you know, she is deeply sad inside and lives a very solitary existence, and um, she is a collector hoarder so of course Mm. she lives in this very well uh uh staffed (laughs) beautiful gigantic versailles like mansion however um she does she um, hunts down doggedly all kinds of things to collect from like ebay and auction.com or whatever mm -hmm. and has beautiful giant display cases just full
0: Mm -hmm. of shit Mm -hmm. shit what's What's it called what's the show called hacks hacks it's nice
1: yeah, it's real good. It's real, real good. I love it. I love her. I always love her. And I'm like, why is she not in everything? And mm, mm-hmm. she's she's just, she's magnificent. Um, I think you'll like it quite a bit. Nice. Yeah, she's wonderful. Nice. And it's created by two of the main director, producer, writers on Broad City. Not Abby and Alana, oh, but the guy yeah. who played Trey. Paul Downs, and Lucia, or Lucia Aniello, who was one of the um, most frequent, like, writer-director-producers on
0: Broad City. Mm, Gotcha.
1: Very good. Very good. Nice. And so weird to see something set in Vegas. Not that I've ever been, but, like, (laughs) just uh, a little refreshing, kind of, to see something set in Vegas. Just, like, a new... A new thing for me to look at that's not just, uh, L.A., uh, New York. Right. Uh, I would love to hear any more of what you want to tell me, but I'm also now thinking about my first time in New York and talking about, uh, the (laughs) fucking dystopian madness that is being in a city right now.
0: Oh, right, right. Um, I mean, I think when I think, uh... There's something that I just keep coming back to, which is I I don't even know why it's this specific thing out of all of the piles and literal tons of stuff that we took out of that house. The one thing that I remember that this kind of haunts me because I have a million unfinished projects in my life. And it's not, it's not like it doesn't weigh on my mind, but like every so often when I see something that I've meant, I've lived in this house for six years and I've meant to like, I don't know, touch up some paint in a corner of a room or like meant to hang a mirror, whatever. Um, One of the things that we found when we were, um, when we were cleaning my mom's house was a, a, a piece of knitting that was maybe let's say 5 by 7 it was yellow yarn it was very soft um i knew where it would be like i had seen it so many times in the house that when we came like to that when we finally dug our way through to that part of the house i was like oh i know exactly where in the um in the strata like the like you can tell what era rocks were formed like, <laughs> I knew where things were in the piles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was just this little piece of knitting. It was the beginning of a sweater that my mom had meant for my sister's 21st birthday, I think. And then it was going to be part of a baby blanket for my sister's first baby. And then she was, I think, maybe she was going to make a sweater for me. And I, I was like, I don't wear yellow. Don't do that. Um, but it was this tiny little piece of knitting that represented something that my mom wanted to do nice for somebody that never got finished and never got thrown away. And there was nowhere in her mind that it made sense to put it because then she'd forget about it or like, then it wouldn't, then it really wouldn't get done. And but also like I tried to get her to teach me how to knit and she never taught me how to knit. She never taught me how right. to play guitar, like all of these things. Anyway, that, it that little, feel
1: like such a trapped thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And I have, I have another friend who has someone in their life who is going through this right now. And that is, that is the crux of it. Like you, f- you feel, I have felt at times in my life, and other people report feeling completely so overwhelmed to the point where nothing you would even start to do feels like it could possibly ever make a dent in mm. in in how many projects you need to do. For me, Adderall really helped me dig my way out from underneath that. Mm. Um, I still have a lot of problems with. Categorizing and things like that. What?
1: Just yeah? as a just as a flag, this is not Adderall for fun. This is prescribed Adderall for oh, no. no, your no it's ADHD.
0: Pre- prescribed Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> just,
1: just, but so also we're not, like encouraging random. Well, Adderall. no, no,
0: yeah. I'm not, I'm not encouraging <laughs> that. But also, I, but if I may, if you are the kind of person who seeks out someone else's Adderall so that you can get this your shit together to clean your room,
1: you probably have go an get ADHD. a prescription. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. It's okay
0: to need medication.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If Yes. If you need Better Adderall living through chemistry. and you seek it out because it actually helps you, spoiler alert, you probably have a condition that would help with speed. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Right. right. Um, but it is, um, it's a lonely feeling. Mm. It's isolating. It, it's a, a perpet- self-perpetuating thing. You get more and more isolated. Um, and it... It becomes something that's surrounding you, but you learn how to ignore it. And you function around it. Your brain creates new pathways so that you can figure out how to live and feel like a human being in a degrading pile of trash. That's and a miracle. to that, it actually kind of is. I mean, it's a terrible miracle. Right, right. But our, our brain's create safety nets for us that sometimes we get tangled in
1: the way we adapt is truly astounding Mm -hmm. this year alone is proof of that
0: yeah the way we've so i don't know if we have anybody listening that lives with somebody who is going through this but if you do um i really recommend looking up that children of hoarders facebook group um there is a a beautiful and sad documentary called my mother's garden that I found very normalizing. Um, I mean, none of it's good. There's not, there's hardly any success stories. Like if you can't get it, if you, if you have hoarding tendencies before you're 30 and you can't fully extricate yourself out of it, don't like with mental health, professional help. Um, it's probably never going to go away. And I have, I have, accepted the fact that I'm never going to have a spotless home at all moments of my life. But we're not dirty. We don't have bugs. Like just like I don't like to There's put my sliding away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is it's that sliding scale. Um I I am able to get piles gone through, but I will look at them for a couple of weeks. Um And anyway, whatever, like you're not alone and there are other people to talk to, whether it is something that you're struggling with or whether it's someone that you love is struggling with and then you are struggling with that. Um, Mm. Yeah, the all of the children of hoarders, whether you're a kid or just a partner, um, I think in Al-Anon they call it a a qualifying person, whoever Mm -hmm. your qualifier is. Uh, there, There are people out there who are going through this, too. And there are ways that you can pull yourself out of it. And there are ways that you can cope. Um, and there are ways that you can just take a little break from all of that and just feel uh, not okay broken and not broken. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's far more common than most
0: folks would ever be um, led to believe uh yeah. yeah. The statistics are are all off. The last thing I saw was like maybe twenty percent of America, but maybe forty percent of America.
1: <laughs> That's huge either way. One Here, in five? I just made up that
0: statistic. Let me let me let me actually get you a statistic before we
1: go.
0: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yeah? Between between five million and 14 million people in the U.S. are compulsive hoarders. That's how little we know about this. 5 million versus 14 million. At least twice the number of people who are actually diagnosed with OCD. And the vast majority of hoarding roommates unrecognized and untreated. Not that they have found any specifically helpful treatment for it. Wow. Woo, woo, woo. Fun. Fun fact. Oh, my God. Yeah, it may it definitely affects every one in fifty, but it may impact as as many as one in every twenty.
1: Speaking of people in distress, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of people in distress, um, and I, I'm such a fucking Pollyanna. I have this very unpleasant, um, uh, reality check frequently now. And the reality check is that I hope in my little fucking Care Bear heart so often that it's like, yeah, we get better through adversity and look at us bonding and, you know, getting together and protecting people. No, that's not how animals work. Mm -hmm. Bad shit happens and many of us become more feral because of it. More feral not only meaning, uh, you know, adapting in the moment and being in survival mode but also like uh putting yourself before anyone else not really caring about any social mores not giving a fuck about um uh, caring about other people because you are so security focused and survival focused on yourself that has to be the grand sweeping change from this past year um and I, so for the last two weeks, I've had to go to New York for my first time in, uh, since last March. And I had not been in Manhattan the whole time. Lillian had gone in a few times um, socially, but you've had, you've had a whole variety of experiences.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I had one very specific experience that happened over and over, by and large, and that was that I was going into Midtown, like within a handful of blocks from Penn Station. By the way, the thing they've been working on at the old post office to make that the L I R R it's real pretty should be done. Yeah. How come L I R R gets that one and not Jersey?
0: How come um, we get stuck? <laughs> I mean, they spruced up the Jersey area a little bit. Did
1: they? I don't. I mean, dare go to Penn Station in the last.
0: To. Oh God, no! In the <laughs> last, like in the last, like ten years or so, because it used to be like that, the one shitty room with the big board, and it was NJ Transit and it was Amtrak with that. Do you remember that giant board?
1: Of course I do.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that that's there anymore. But there is like a really pretty. There's a much prettier part that's smaller and not as uh, high-ceilinged with Mildly more charming. Yeah, yeah. Mildly more charming.
1: Yeah. So I've been within a couple of blocks of Penn Station, and here's what I have noticed. And this has been, like, after Lillian had a couple of really great forays into the West Village of, like, oh, my God, togetherness and piano bars and, like, people. Oh, my God, beautiful people. (laughs) I saw, first of all, uh, almost everyone who was outside did not look like they were working at all. Like, I'm so accustomed, especially in Midtown, to see people looking really sharp in whatever mm-hmm. way that is. Nobody was looking sharp. Um, yeah, people, there were people, people are not
0: turning out looks right now.
1: <laughs> no, but it was even worse than that. It looked like people from Florida on vacation. mm. Like, on a I mean, garbage vacation, like, in, in ratty Old Navy flip-flops and, like, a graphic tee.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: stuff I did not a- anticipate seeing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right down to, like, people in fucking acute distress. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I out of respect, I don't want to go into details that that we don't need to hear, but just people. No, but glaringly obvious glaringly housing and, and insecurity. For and sure. And medical concerns. Yeah. yeah. And because there are not that many people around in the first place, these folks stand out even more. These people who are just like not dressed like they're in Midtown on a weekday at all. And these people who are definitely in more acute distress. There are more folks selling bags and sunglasses and wallets than ever before. Um, Not that that is a complaint in the least. I picked up a couple pairs of sunnies and I felt real good about it. (laughs) I also got catcalled for the first time in over a year. (laughs) And let me tell you, so fuck buddies, I, I mean, look... I do get catcalled, but, uh, you know, I especially on this day, like, right, on, right in line with the same way that women are always like, it doesn't matter what we're wearing. We could be in sweatpants and it would happen. I was dressed deeply conservatively. <laughs> and not only that, I had on sunglasses and a mask covering my entire face. <laughs> and yet... Doesn't matter. A dude on his phone who I... Fought was just talking to the person on the other end very loudly <laughs> was like hey how you doing and then he was like you're cute and I haven't peopled in so long that I almost interacted with him and then, <laughs> and then I realized that he was talking to me and I realized what he was doing and I just fucking burst out laughing
0: oh my god that's amazing that's I so great i
1: just burst out laughing because i was like oh right that oh i have to remember how to ignore people and also like buddy you are in such a bad way if you're looking at a woman who is covered from head to toe and you can't see one bit of her <laughs> and you're gonna choose <laughs> that moment to shoot your shot <laughs> <laughs> hilarious frankly I was like oh my god people are gonna lose their fucking minds this summer yeah just... I was just
0: telling Don uh, was it you who told me that after the last pandemic there was like a huge uh, upswing in syphilis no I did not know that but I'm not shocked nope
1: <laughs> no for sure absolutely
0: <laughs> get tested Asterizer. have your hot girl summer
1: oh yeah be careful y'all be be careful out there
0: cause yeah. Just keep just keep getting tested and remember that sometimes you have to ask for special tests for different STIs. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Also, I will say that being in New York for two weeks and then having a small vaccinated party where I actually got to see Lillian and Don along with a handful of other people was so wonderful. But I'm also currently, and I can't say for sure that this is not allergies, but... It feels a little bit worse than allergies.
0: Oh, um, I think I have a cold right now. Like I have my a nose motherfucking is, cold. My nose has been stuffy for a couple of days, and okay. you got? Uh, are you getting post-nasal drip? No, it's just okay. like like my nose. It's I can't breathe very well, but it's not because it's stuffed up with goo. It's because it's like swollen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sinuses are. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I can't say for sure that it's not allergies with me. But I will say after two weeks of being in New York and then being hugging people at a party mm-hmm. where I had not a single reservation about being with them inside or outside, no masks, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I have something now. <laughs> it might be nature. It might be people. Uh-oh. But I have something. And I'm like, oh, I really mm-hmm. loved not being ill for 14 months. That was pretty nice.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the worst I felt over the 14 months was, like, depressed and hungover.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm curious to know how life is going to pan out now that we're three days into no masks required, in at least in Jersey. Yeah. Probably. Yeah.
0: So, um, so New York City is doing a thing in most of the bars. I'm pretty sure it's an opt-in thing where... You have to show your vaccination card or proof of vaccination, and then once you're inside, you can just function without your mask, whereas before, you could have your mask off if you were sitting down, but you had to put it on to walk around. I am – in restaurants, I am still definitely putting on my mask to walk around because I feel weird crop-dusting people who are sitting with my breath, mm. but <laughs> it um, feels feels less weird at a bar. Um in Jersey, they just lifted the mask ban for for the mask mandate for everything except for like public transit and government buildings and something else. Mm. Uh and I have not had a whole lot of experience with that yet. I was in the grocery store yesterday and people were still wearing masks. Uh but you know, we'll we'll there's no there's no contact tracing ha- like mandate in Jersey, there's no proof of vaccination mandate. Ugh. It's just every asshole for themselves.
1: Uh, I hope that... Mm, I, I want to thank Chrissy, my friend Chrissy from high school, who uh, who is a scientist and who reached out to me the last time. I was like, ah, COVID. And she was like, dude, if you got both your shots, you're really, truly okay. Like, they're, right. they're playing CYA as far as telling you what to expect. But... All things considered, you're going to be just fine. So I do feel much more comfortable. Sure. Being around
0: people
1: um definitely. But I still don't
0: want people I don't know like fully breathing on me.
1: Yeah, no, I do not want that either. Um although I kind of wish that they had said like make sure you hold on to your vaccination cards because honestly, I may have thrown mine away after I got my second fucking shot. Cuz oh your- girl. You only had it so that they could you see what nugget. you got. I know. No, uh, it might still be in that purse. You can but... get a
0: replacement. You can get a replacement one. So weird. If I had known that, I would have taken one from my Uber driver who showed me a handful of blank ones the other day. Oh, did I tell you about that? No. Yeah. Oh, oh that... no,
1: you did not.
0: Yeah, you ever have that moment where like you can feel both like hot pee crawling up inside you and an oh, ice cube drop no. into your stomach at the same time? I didn't even know what to do. He was like, he was like, uh, my friend gave me these. And I was like, are you trying to sell me one? Or like, what are you doing right now? (laughs) No.
1: Absolutely. That's, that is not promising. Hopefully, despite all of these things, the vaccine is so super effective that being around assholes who've not dealt with it yet is not Mm going to be uh, a danger.
0: I mean... Yeah, I mean, we're not supposed to get sick from it, but whatever. It,
1: there are it's, breakthrough it's, cases, what? but they seem to be super mild or even asymptomatic. Right. So I don't know if they actually really cause you damage, but then I'm like, uh, what about asymptomatic people who still can't taste things right or mm-hmm. everything smells like onions? I don't want a life where everything smells like onions. Are you kidding uh- me?
0: You get used to it,
1: oh, oh no <laughs> I don't want that <laughs> That's I'm back like to a thinking curse.
0: my I'm back to thinking my body odor smells like onions it's not it's and I can't, I don't know like I don't remember
1: what normal I don't smells have like,
0: like yeah, I don't have a specific like nose memory of what my armpits smelled like naturally before this, so
1: I mean probably not much worse than onions. You know, (laughs) they're like, I don't think you know
0: what I'm capable of.
1: There are a couple of categories. One of them is earwax, in my nose's opinion. One of them is earwax. One of them is like very standard boilerplate BO. And then one of them is like, my body overprocesses garlic.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Your earwax smells like something. No, no, no.
1: There are some people whose BO smells like earwax.
0: Oh, what does earwax smell like? Uh, I don't think my earwax smells like anything.
1: If you not were to be a take, princess, but like if you were to take um if you were to take an every flavor bean, a, a birdie boss, every flavor bean sure. earwax one and chew it, uh, or crush it and smell it, it would smell like it would smell like a very well used q tip.
0: I have so many questions. Listen, if I never I think, I think that some people's sweat smells like, um, like, you know, dirty, when you have stuff in a drawer for too long and it's it just like, you're murky. so good
1: at combating drawer smell. You're so good.
0: I think my B, I think my BO used to smell spicier. <laughs> it had a more yeah. complex uh, uh. bouquet. <laughs> this would go well with a red. <laughs> So either my chemistry what a great what a great way to end this podcast fuck
1: buddies don't forget about those resources
0: uh, also I mean if anybody has something like this going on in their lives and you want to talk to me personally about it you know how to find me just DM or Lillian Bustle at Gmail although I don't check my Gmail enough um oh Miller's versus the Machines super adorable animated show animated movie very very cute. Abby Jacobson plays oh. the lead girl, um, and it's interesting because she like it's about this girl who's about to go to like animation school or something like that, and then there's a a robot uprising. Um, she is coded uh, gay, but it's not really addressed until like the very very end when it's like oh you should bring Jade home for, for whatever Thanksgiving or something. And I just thought that Yay. it was cute. That's not the only reason why I was. But cute. also cute. But everything is yeah, cute. Concur.
1: Good. Um, gonna go ahead and push hacks again. Also, the Army of the Dead. Army Army of the Dead is a new, very long, two and a half hour, um, Zack Snyder zombie apocalypse film on Netflix. It stars nice. Dave Bautista and Tig Notaro and no one else that I recognize.
0: It stars, and, it's a zombie thing that stars Tig Notaro.
1: And here's the
0: biggest win.
1: First of all, it's very entertaining. It's good. It's about a zombie apocalypse in Vegas. It's a heist, it's somehow a heist film and a zombie film. And initially Tig's character was played by comedian Chris Delia, who was accused of sexual <laughs> yes. assault. Yes.
0: Yeah, imagine a world in which someone would replace Chris Delia with Tiktataro. But can we have that always,
1: <laughs> always, always? And so the second, the sec, the second, and they and he had Zach Snyder had finished. He had shot out um, Chris Delia, and and the film was like ready to go. And then this accusation dropped, and he was like, "Oh, fuck no!" Chris Delia was fired ah. from the movie. His footage was put. Somewhere deep, dark hole, and he recast Tig as that character. Shot her against green screen for almost oh all God. of her coverage. She fucking
0: delivers in the
1: movie.
0: She delivers. This looks so hot! I have to watch this tonight.
1: It's great. It's two and a half hours, so be ready for like, oh, it's so long. But it is good. It is good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not scary. It's just action zombie.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. So it will not be uh, too hard. Place, quiet Place 2 was wonderful. I have no oh, regrets. Yeah? yeah, it was... Uh, the storytelling is masterful. Like... Mm. All right. I'd be painful. down for that. I thought A yeah. Quiet Place, the first one, was fine. Um, If you weren't impressed with that, you wouldn't, like, be extra impressed with this one. It's But I wouldn't hate it. No, it's the same tenor, for sure.
1: I didn't hate A Quiet Place. I just didn't okay. think it was, like, uh, the revelation, I guess, that people...
0: But then again... Oh, I can't say that it's, like, groundbreaking, but I, I, I think that it is wonderful storytelling. Yes, for sure.
1: And I'm always down for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt.
0: Cute.
1: Soup's cute?
0: Cute. I love Tignataro. Yeah, Tig's fucking great. She looks great. Let me
1: tell you, someone shooting these scenes virtually alone in front of a green screen. First of all, the way that they've integrated her, the CGI is tight. And her performance (laughs) is lovely. And extra recommendation. If you Uh love Tig Notaro and you have not watched enough of her, may I recommend her Amazon Prime show, One Mississippi?
0: I have meant to go back and watch that now that my own like losses in my life are not so raw
1: oh girl you're gonna love it it's beautiful it's cathartic it's beautiful it's beautiful i i love it tig's amazing it's so heartfelt it should have had more airtime it was so good nice
0: okay hooray Um, i love you i love you thank you for sharing yeah thanks for listening Always. Um, and it's Memorial Day weekend. Thanks to everybody who has defended our country. For sure. Thank you for your service and your bravery. And a reminder that bravery is not
1: the absence of being scared. It's doing things even when you are.
0: hmm Fuck yeah. Just, yeah. All right. I will talk Love to you. I'm going to see you in person. Oh, my okay. God. Oh! Yeah,
1: yeah that is the super fun reveal now that uh, Lillian and I are both fully vaccinated we can actually see each other in real time and record in real time and maybe even do some special Instagram lives where yeah, we will record the out. episode yeah it's gonna be rad as fuck so <laughs> um, that'll be coming at ya in the beginning weeks of June so Oh, this mm-hmm. is gonna drop on June 3rd. That'll it'll be coming. It'll be coming uh, mid June. So, yay! 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 High, yay. Five. High fives! Five. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye-bye.